Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Sarkin Speaks, Jared and Bob here. Game two for us. Uh, it's uh, Thursday for you guys, potentially. So um, you said you had something you were going to kick us off with. Yeah, so anyone that's been listening will remember like a year ago or so, my mother and I digging through shit, like kind of figured out some of like the family lineage, which if you remember more of the story, it's like everyone just fucking died and they all died like super fucking early, like kind of fucking chaotic, whatever. So uh, who would be my true second cousin? Called my mother. Yeah, so my my second cousin. So both of our our parents are cousins, right? So she gave my and actually I think it's technically it's from like a half sibling, but anyway, like <laughs> down the line. So she called my mother and was like, "Oh, I did uh, you know, I did ancestry dot com, and I actually found out that there are cousins in." Um, Chicago and she's like oh, I got in touch with them and they said that they were descendants of Michael who would be my great grandfather's brother right but he lived out in Chicago I don't know what that I mean I think they were all born in Italy like I don't know if they if he ever came to Boston, went straight to Chicago. Right. Don't know. Doesn't really matter. So she's like, yeah, she goes, she just keeps asking me like all these questions. She's like, I just don't know. Like, I don't, you know, she goes, I never met my grandmother. This is my mother. She goes, I never met my grandmother. She died too early. And she goes, all I could go off was like, what, you know, what my grand, what Joe told me. And she was like, yeah, she goes, I just re like, uh, this is the cousin again. She's like, yeah, I just remember my Nana saying that their father, which my great grandfather was poisoned or something. She goes, yeah. My mother's like, yeah, I heard the same thing. Like poisoned. I'm like, poisoned. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, oh, Chicago could have been in with the mob. Funny you say that. <laughs> so my mother sends me a newspaper article on Friday <laughs> that she, the cousin had, my cousin had dug up about how Michael from Chicago had a heart attack in the Mystic River hmm. while visiting his brother in Medford. So we're this is like 1934 or so, I, uh, plus or minus. Yeah. Heart attack in the river. Now, <laughs> as a couple Medfordonians, we're both pretty familiar with the Mystic River. Yep. No one has a heart attack in the Mystic River by accident. Yeah, no one swims in the Mystic River. So pull up the article. He was so he was 45 of Chicago, rescued from the Mystic River, taken to Lawrence Memorial. <laughs> <laughs> Died there this evening, either of a heart attack 
or a cerebral hemorrhage. Now, I understand it's 1934, so it's a little bit hard to decipher back then. Yeah. I also don't know what, and again, this was, this was obviously like day of, so it's not like full autopsy, whatever. Uh, he was visiting his brother of Medford. He was standing in about three feet of water at the state beach on the river. When two girls saw him slump down, one of them went to his assistance. The other called the lifeguard at the hospital. His normal breathing was restored, but restored, but he seemed slow to regain consciousness. He died after they worked for him. Worked worked over him for three hours. So that's all the info I have. Yeah. I believe that's enough to probably assume that if we put two and two together. So this dude was from Chicago. Yep. He came to visit his brother. Had a heart attack in the Mystic River. That doesn't sound overly natural and then even then the newspaper article says it was either cerebral hemorrhage or it was a heart attack <laughs> those are different things yeah they are so not quite sure on that one now what i can i can confirm that so my grandfather was born in 1930 I'm fairly certain that his father died like around the time he was like, you know, four years old. <laughs> so going back to earlier, this article is about 1934. My great grandfather was allegedly poisoned, according to both of his kids. Right. Also died about 1934. Hmm. Quite the coincidence, huh? Yeah. Did he also die of either a heart attack or a cerebral hemorrhage? Well, so that's the thing. I don't have a I don't have <laughs> yeah, a don't newspaper have article on that front. Yeah. Two brothers. Something stinks. Yeah. I'll say so Italian Italian immigrants. Right. One in one in Chicago, one in Medford, a like Boston area. Right. Both pretty much murdered. I mean, if we're gonna not let's just not beat around the bush here. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking they were both in the fucking mafia. Probably Chicago or, mob, mafia. Whatever. Or had some sort of tie to something. Something. Right. And even if like one of them was and one of them wasn't like and we Somehow, know like, that Medford in particular has ties to the mob. Chicago? They go back pretty far. I mean, I think Medford eventually like trickles up to Providence, right? But um or boss. I don't I don't I never really understood the difference between like the when people say the mob, like in Boston or Providence, like I think they might have been the same thing, just two different like factions. Like I think it was like the same family, right, or whatever, well, whatever you call it. But it, but like there's like different families, and yeah, I don't know how it's all broken down. Uh, I can confirm that my great grandfather was definitely dead in 1939. So again, the two of them died like right around the same time because I'm fairly certain I remember my grandfather saying like that. He barely knew his father. Yeah. 
And I think my mother could dig up when he was buried. I think she has that info, but she's not gonna. Because the other thing too is like, so moving away, like we'll come back to it, but she's like, you know, I really don't want to like get involved in this whole ancestry thing and like talking <laughs> to people. She goes, I don't, I don't really care that much. And no, I don't know the answers and I don't know if we're going to find them out anyway. Because especially like the basic info we did find, probably two guys killed, killed for mafia ties or mafia something. Yeah, or they owed money, right? Or some yep, somehow they owed money or somehow they were involved with the mob in one some, yes. way, shape, or form. If they weren't in it, then they wronged them or right. something. Right. Right. Not bad for a fucking Friday morning, huh? <laughs> so the second thing that my my mother sent me was my great grandmother's um application for citizenship mm-hmm. and you know the info's there whatever so she filled this out in 1939 and that's how i know that she was a widow because it's it's checked off here uh so the i, I don't know i don't know why i find this so funny because you have to make a petition in here in the petition. I think I can read most of it. I am not a disbeliever in or opposed to organized government or a member of, or affiliated with any organization or body of persons teaching disbelief in or opposed to organized government. I am not a polygamist nor a believer in the practice of polygamy. <laughs> I am attached to the principles of the Constitution of the United States and well disposed to the good order and happiness of the United States. It is my intention to become a citizen of the United States and to renounce absolutely and forever all allegiances and fidelity to any foreign prince. Per- I don't know what that word says. Pot- Principality? No, it says like it's like pot- potentate, potentale, potent, potentate. I don't know. State or sovereignty, and particularly to Victor Emmanuel III, King of Italy. I forgot there was still a fucking King of Italy in 1939. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that in the middle. I'm like, why the fuck do you have to? Oh, you got to renounce the king. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Not bad. I thought that was funny. Just in there. That's funny. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah uh if any of you were in chicago and you're a descendant of a uh, guy michael who drowned in the fucking mystic river circa 1934 let me know i guess <laughs> we got some listeners in illinois doesn't tell me where in illinois but somewhere in the state could be chicago could be could be yeah, and I was just thinking it's like, especially in 1934, the Mystic River had to have only existed oh, as yeah. a body dumping spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that thing was polluted for a long time. And then that factory in Woburn was dumping in it. Right. But that was what, the 70s? Yeah. That was, um. wasn't that Aaron Brockovich? 
know what that movie was based off of. It's the shit in like the tanning, the leather tanning place in uh, um, in Woburn. I think it was loosely based off of that. I don't know. I, I've never, movie. I've never actually seen what the fuck Aaron, was the Aaron actual Brockovich. movie. I haven't. Yeah, the that. actual movie was. Um, Oh, a few good men's Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. Yeah. Um, a civil, a civil action. I think so. Was it John Travolta in a civil action? Is it a civil action? I can Google I don't it. Know. We definitely watched it in school. Um, let me see. That is John Travolta. Yeah. Do I have the right movie? Yep. Yep. That's yep. the one. Based on Woburn. Yeah. I thought I, I was pretty sure that John Travolta was in it. So yeah, that's the actual movie. Um but if I can look up Aaron Brockovich. The movie um oh no that's something different uh who initiated a legal case against the pacific gas and electric company over its culpability in the hinkley groundwater contamination incident that looks to well, be in hinkley california oh i was gonna say unless they just change the details of the yeah. leather company no, so I, I knew that it was based on a real thing because like Erin Brockovich is like a real person. Like she's an actual lawyer. Oh. Um, but I thought it was an ad, like a some sort of adaptation on the Woburn thing because yeah, I haven't seen it. I mean, I know Julia Roberts is in it, um, but I haven't seen it. Uh, and it appears to be about Hinkley, California and the Pacific Gas and Electric Company. So... Uh, it is not a civil action with John Travolta, but that is about Woburn. What was the actual Mystic River movie about? Uh, murder. Did you see that? I think. Was it about a guy from Chicago? <laughs> Imagine. Um, Does someone owe me royalties? I think um, Kevin Bacon was in that. I want to say Sean Penn, too. Did Sean Penn die? Let me see. Um, oh, wow. There's a lot of people in this. So can confirm Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon. Also, Tim Robbins, um, who was um, Shawshank in the Shawshank Redemption. Or not. His name wasn't Shawshank, but he was the main character in Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, also known as... Um, the Bowery King from John Wick, or um, the fuck was his name in The Matrix? Christ. Morpheus. Morbius? Morpheus. I almost just said Mobius. That's Mobius so, is Liz Loki. Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Lawrence Fishburne is in it, and Laura Linney is in it too. From um, She's in Jurassic Park and all those. There's a lot of people. And uh, not to forget uh, the one and only Douglas Bowen Flynn as well. Who played, uh, what was he, guard, guard number three? I see. <laughs> Mushroom number three in the school play. Yeah. 
So for anyone that doesn't know that inside joke, there was a an English teacher at Medford High that I didn't have him. Did you ever have him? No, I didn't have him. But he was an insufferable prick who thought he was like a, an actor when realistically he was an high school English teacher at Medford High School. And he would get like extra roles in these movies. And he he got a role in the movie Mystic River. And I think his his actual like character name was like guard number three or like guard at barrier number three or like something like that. Like it was because I remember he made people watch. I think Finn might have had him. And I think Finn was talking about like he made the class watch the movie. And he paused it to point himself out in the movie or something like he was that much of a fucking prick about it. It was funny, too, because I think he taught like AP and standard. He did. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like he didn't really know the difference between the two. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, let's see. Mystic River is a 2003 American neo-noir crime film. Uh, oh, wow. Co-produced by Clint Eastwood. Um, a lot of, a lot of names here. Uh, oh, it doesn't give me anything about what the movie's about. And I don't want to read the whole plot. Um, but it looks like it's Irish 1975 Irish American friends, Jimmy, Sean, Dave playing street hockey in Charlestown. Oh, sick, sick dude. A couple Irish kids from Charlestown. Was one of them like really good at math? <laughs> maybe like worked at the school as a janitor <laughs> talk about like okay so this is the second paragraph in the plot section of wikipedia so it talks about like these three kids are friends and then you know whatever uh one of them gets kidnapped and sexually abused for four days until he escapes so the second paragraph here 25 years later Jimmy is an ex-convict and neighborhood convenience store owner. Sean is a detective with the Massachusetts State Police whose pregnant wife, Lauren, recently left him. And Dave is a blue-collar worker continually haunted by the abduction and rape that he suffered. Jimmy and Dave are related by marriage. Dave's wife, Celeste, and Jimmy's second wife, Annabeth, being cousins. Like, does it get any more stereotypical Boston than that? The only thing they had to say is he worked at Boston Sand and Gravel. <laughs> <laughs> like that that's that's so like that at this point and i know the movie came out in 2003 but like at this point it's almost unbelievable like i can't suspend my disbelief for that because that's it's too on the nose right like that's too on the nose that these three friends are all fucked up in different ways and one of them was abducted and raped one of them's a state trooper but he's got a fucked up marriage and his pregnant wife left him the other guy went to jail but now he owns a convenience store and then two of them are related by marriage because their wives are cousins like it's just like <laughs> come on man like that's that's too much that's just too much <laughs> I was going to say last names are probably McCarthy, Sullivan. Jimmy Markham, Dave Boyle, and Sean Devine. No, that's not right. Yeah. They should be a Sully. <laughs> There's a John O'Shea. Yeah, that probably checks out. Probably need like an O'Malley, yeah. Sully... And then probably a stew. 
<laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So <clears throat> there you have it. Um, let's see what else. Oh, this is an interesting one. Um, this is more along the lines of like uh like a here we go, like you know, classic, you know, next level government overreach type of type of deal. I saw this uh the other day that there's a senator in California that is pushing to pass legislation that would prevent cars from going any more than 10 miles an hour over the posted speed limit. So anyone out there might be like, well, how are they going to do that? Well, the proposal by this dickhead senator is that every car in California is to be equipped with a special device that monitors speed and the speed limit of like whatever, you know, GPS like ring area, right? That you can, you can geofence, right? Like you can just geofence all the areas. Um, and it would go in to prevent your car from going more than 10 miles an hour over the speed limit of that posted area. And this guy's uh, whole theory, right? His, his proposal is like, well, I think everyone is against speeding. And this is a way that would make the road safer. You know, what's the trade-off here? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that's um, my first thing. The other thing too is like I know the way it was described was oh well it'll uh it'll 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 track your speed, but it's also tracking your location. Correct. Because it needs to know where you are, right, in order to know the speed limit. Correct. Um, yeah, I don't think the government should be involved in something like that. Nope, not at all. And at the risk of sounding like a fucking tinfoil hat conspiracy guy, this is the first step. This is how it starts, right? Like this is what well, it always starts with the shit sandwich, right? Like they're right. going to, they're going to use, well, 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 no one, no one's really pro speeding. Okay, so this thing will just like you know, it'll like kind of like monitor your speeds and just like it won't let you go over ten miles an hour more than the speed limit. So like the roads will be safer. And then like you could probably expand on being like, oh, well, you're more less likely to get a ticket that way. It'll it'll control it for you. But no, just leave me the fuck alone. Well, because now you're opening up access to your car to the government. Like the government now has control over your vehicle. Yeah. Not, 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 uh, I don't love it. No. Because that's the thing is now, now if you're on. Because like, so let, now let, let's go down the, let's just might as well not dance around it. Let's go down the route of potential nefarious. Yeah. Potential nefarious doings, right? Yep. So let's say you are wanted for a crime. And I'm not condoning that you commit a crime, have a warrant out for your arrest, and then fucking be at large. I'm not condoning that. Right. 
But now if GPS is like, I mean, they can probably find your car anyway, but like if they have that easy access to GPS, right. Done. They're finding you. Right. Because it could be theoretically that like, if you did want to GPS track someone in a new car, right? Because that's the thing. All new cars are basically computers on wheels, right? Like that's right. that's what they are. They so, can find you. So say, you know, in order to do that at a normal procedure, you may have to go to a judge and get a warrant, right? Right. But if the government already has access, well, now, no, we're just checking to make sure people aren't speeding. Right. Oh, we just happened to find that this guy is on this road going this direction, but uh, he's not speeding. We know exactly where he is, right? It's like it circumvents the the judiciary process of yeah, obtaining a warrant, right? Uh, potential nefarious act: hacking, right? Right. Um, which has allegedly happened to some people, right? Already, right? There was the uh, I forget the guy's name, but it gets brought up quite a bit. Rogan talks about it. There's other people that talk about it. There was um there was a journalist, I forget what what publisher he he worked for, but he was embedded in Iraq um with a unit in Iraq or Afghanistan or something like that. And it was kind of, it was a very odd circumstance because it had to do with a volcano in Iceland. So the journalist was supposed to leave, right? He was embedded with this unit for a certain amount of time writing something on the unit. And his his flight was supposed to leave out of, you know, pick your Middle Eastern country, whichever one it was. Let's just call it Afghanistan. Um, he was supposed to fly from Afghanistan to Iceland with a layover and then fly back to the U.S. Well, at this time, there was a big a volcanic eruption in Iceland. So not only did his flight get canceled, but also I think like the ash and stuff in the sky made flying like transatlantic, like difficult or something like that. So the short of the story is he got stuck longer with this group in Afghanistan and ended up like becoming an accepted part of their team. And there were some people that spoke ill of, I think it was Obama at the time, right? Like it was a gen, there was a general, or again, I'm fuzzy. I, I don't know whether it was a general that was talking shit about Obama or if there was like a ground commander that was talking shit about the general who worked in the Obama administration or whatever. Whatever there was, there was there was some sort of criticism. So when he finally gets back to the US, he writes a story on that. And then it, what ended up happening was it was uh, it was Bill McChrystal. The general, I think it was his name, he ended up getting fired from his post because of it. That was that was the fallout. And then like six months later, this journalist is like saying that people are tracking him. People are like following him like he's he's wicked paranoid. And then randomly one one night at like 2 a.m., his brand new, I think it was a Mercedes Benz uh, hit. 210 miles an hour and went straight into a tree. So the conspiracy theorists are like, well, the government probably took control of his car and sped it up to 200 miles an hour and drove it straight into a fucking tree. 
Other people might just say he was fucked up and drunk and couldn't handle his life and wanted to commit suicide. The the unfortunate thing is we'll never know, right? We'll never know what the real story is, but the the potential is there, right? Henry Ruggs used that defense because <laughs> he didn't he didn't piss off anybody in the government. That's what you got to do first. If you're going to be speeding, you have to piss off the government first, and then you can blame it on them. So, I mean, it's there, right? They certainly have the ability to do it. And then opening up your vehicle for this, because then theoretically, again, I don't know the specifics of it or the ins and outs, but I think it's a it's a secondary device, right, that gets put into your car. So theoretically, you know, your 1998 Toyota Tacoma that's still out there on the road that runs first like a kitten, right? Um, doesn't have any computers in it at all is a true like quote unquote off the grid vehicle now gets put on the grid because they have to install this device the secondary device to monitor speed so it removes that layer as well it's just not good right like yeah, i am not just, it's it's government overreach not a fan yeah it's and this is how this that's how this shit works, right? It's well, the people are too stupid to know what's good for them, so we'll do this for them. And then it never ends well. It always gets, you know, perverted in a different way to be used nefariously, right? So to steal the word from from you that you used earlier. Hopefully we used it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. How about this? Fuck right off. Yep. Yeah. Fuck all the way off. Um, let's see what else we got here that's going on. Um, I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, I wonder if I can pull this up really quick because I saw it on my Roka news app the other day. But you know how um you know, in years past, and we talked about this when with the last election in 2020, that all of those news companies were basically propped up and still in business because of Donald Trump. Yep. Right. Because all they did was talk about how Trump equals bad. Well, now that Trump is back in the news and they're back on their like Trump equals bad shtick, they must be crushing it again. Uh, they're not actually. Ooh. Yeah. Their golden ticket. Yep. Their golden ticket is not working. So I'm trying to see. I don't remember what day it was that I read this on Roka. Um, I mean, to be fair, like reruns never as good as the original programming. Right. Yeah, here we go. Cable TV ratings. So the Trump bump, right? That's what it was called before, the Trump bump. So uh, dismal ratings for cable TV networks have dispelled hopes of a Trump bump for viewership during the lead up to the 2024 election. Many cable TV networks anticipate a surge in ratings every four years ahead of presidential elections. That's the normal cycle. 
That was especially true during both the 2016 and the 2020 elections, when cable TV networks witnessed larger than expected rating heights, rating hikes that were coined the Trump bump. In 2016, CBS's chairman said the Trump bump may not be good for America, but it's damn good for CBS. This year, though, the Trump bump has failed to materialize. During coverage of the 2020 Iowa caucus, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, the U.S.'s three largest cable news channels, drew 2.5, 1.8, and 4.4 million viewers, respectively. Those figures were in turn down 17% from the 2016 Iowa caucus viewership. For this year's event, CNN attracted 688,000 viewers, down 72% from 2020. Uh, MSNBC was down 36%, and Fox was also down 36% from 2020. So they were down 17 from 2016 and down, you know, two of them were down 36 from last time, and CNN was down 72% from 2020. And for comparison, an NFL playoff game airing at the same time attracted 28.6 million viewers. And CNN got 688,000. Uh, the same trend has held true further for Tuesday. This was last week for last Tuesday's New Hampshire primary. Six million viewers turned into Fox, CNN, and MSNBC between 8 and 11, down from 8.6 million in 2020 and 8.7 in 2016. During an interview last week, the CEO of the Washington Post cast doubt that this election cycle will boost news consumption. He goes, I'm not convinced that will be the case. Visits to WAPO, that's the Washington Post website, fell from 161 million in December of 2019 to 116 million last December, a 28% drop. Uh, some analysts attribute the decline to the unpopularity of both candidates and the growing likelihood that the 2024 election will be a rematch of 2020, exactly what you just said. People don't like the uh, the reboots, right, of the sequels. Um, one senior cable executive told the Financial Times there is a, quote, high degree of fatigue among viewers over both candidates. Others attributed the decline to people consuming their news from alternative non-cable sources. And there you have it. I've been saying that for so fucking long. Yeah. So Trump is not going to save CNN this time around. He did last time. He kept them in business. Now people don't want to hear it. And that's the other thing, too. Everyone's already, like, formulated their opinions. Everyone already knows where they stand. They don't need to consume right. more of the same. Right. So, I don't know. It'll certainly be interesting to see how much longer CNN even lasts. It seems like to be like a cockroach, doesn't it? Yeah. But they're they're failing, like, really bad. I guess their new CEO has kind of, like, tried to bring them back more, like, central into the center. But I don't know how – I mean, I don't watch the news, right? I especially don't watch CNN. Uh, I don't know how well that's going for them. Clearly, it's not going well so far, but remains to be seen, I guess.
Yeah, it's also a different world, so I have no clue if they've adapted, if they haven't adapted, if they do a good job with social media. I have no idea. I would right. never follow the fucking news on social right. media. Same. So, um, all right, well, you want to start wrapping this up? We can wrap this up. Um, pop my head. You got it. So Mikhail and I went to a wine tasting yesterday. Now it was odd not showing up in pseudo dumb and dumber gear <laughs> and a hat that said, I love bitches in Atlanta <laughs> and having the host get too shit faced and break uh, Vinny's cane and then stab <laughs> his own hand open. Yeah, and bleed all over the rug in the chair. Bleed all over the rug in the chair. She did clean that rug. <laughs> and Britt told me she didn't care about the chair. Um, <laughs> and no one brought a cooler to the wine tasting. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a weird move. Yeah. Um. So it was you know it was uh it's obviously so I'm joking because. We did we did the wine tasting at our. Was it at house. a venue or was it at someone's house? Yeah, it was at a venue. So it was a, it was one of the Boston Food and Wine events. Okay. They do so Boston Food and Wine Festival or whatever the fuck. It's like ten weeks, and they've got all these events, and some are wine tastings, some are dinners, some are like exclusive private dinners. <clears throat> so, um. You know, I took a chance on it. It was right around Michaela's birthday. So I'm like, hey, what do you think? She yeah. likes wine. Uh, we were planning on going to Italy for our honeymoon, which actually that's booked now. So we are going. And right around her birthday, Boston Food and Wine had a wine tasting, Italian wines. I'm like, what do you think? And it was like one of those, like, you know, I'll get it for your birthday. I'll get it for Christmas. I don't really care. But... I'm going to bury the lead and ruin the surprise because I'm asking you, is this something yeah. that you want to do? Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's a good idea, but if you're not interested, that's cool. I'll come up with something else. Like, right, right. Let me know. And at first, I think she thought it was like a cooking class or something because it was called like Kings of Italy Masterclass. Yeah. So I think she looked at it quick and was like, okay, maybe let's talk about it. And she's like, is it a cooking class? I go, no. It's a wine tasting. <laughs> she goes, oh, she goes, I did not look at that long enough. I'm like, yeah, no, whatever. Um, so we went to that. That's at the Boston Harbor Hotel. Okay. R real shithole. Real, real shithole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, so it was it was cool. Like the guy who did it is actually from Salerno, which is where my great grandmother was from. Actually, also Antonio. The uh <laughs> one of the murderies. Yeah. Um, so he was from Salerno. They went over like the famous Italian wines. So it's like Italian wine, generally speaking, he's got like two types of famous grapes, Nebbiolo and Sangiovese. So like the Sangiovese grapes usually produce Chianti, uh, Brunello, and uh, Vino Nobile, Monto... Montepulciano, something like that. And then the Nebbiolo grapes produce um, 
Barolos, Barbarescos. Barbaresco, Barbaresco, I forget. And like Nebbiolo, whatever. So it was good. I mean, it was uh, it was definitely interesting to have a guy kind of like guide you through it, mm-hmm. but not be a pretentious piece of shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> so like he would like in like again, so like he was funny and like he had fun with a lot of like it. You can tell he's done it before. And you know, he didn't make it seem like this crazy thing. So like, yes, he is a sommelier. Yes, he did spit out into the cup. Yes, like, you know, you look at it, you spin it. Like, he did do that stuff, but he never made it seem, like, too, too snobby. Right. Which was nice. And then for him to be like, hey, so, you know, like, smell it. He goes, this is generally kind of like what you're smelling. And I'm like, okay, understood. Smells like wine. Yeah. Then, like, when you have the one next to it, he goes, okay, smell that. And like these were like two uh two vintages of Chianti. He goes, okay, now smell this one. And I'm like, oh, okay, that actually smells different. He goes, you know, this is like less like cherries, more like dark fruit. I'm like, actually, yes, like I actually get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he's like, hey, so like this one was like in a wine bag. He goes, this one was in a barrel longer. And I'm like, well, that's probably why I like it more because it's like bourbon. Yeah. You know. Um, so that was pretty good. And like, like leading into it, we were like, I'm like, I don't know if we need to plan to eat dinner. I go, I don't know how this is going to go Yeah, because it's a wine tasting, but it says like small plates of food are available or small plates of food from executive chef, whoever the fuck will be provided. Yeah. I'm like small plates of food. I go, we probably shouldn't show up hungry. Yeah. It was just like a few pieces of cheese. Like like <laughs> like that that's that's all it was. Like it was yeah. a wine tasting. Like they shouldn't have even said like Yeah, yeah. Oh, small plates of food prepared by the chef. I'm like, bro, you it's cut off cheese. like three pieces of soft cheese, provided some crackers and four almonds. Like Yeah. What 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 do you mean small plates? <laughs> um so yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. It was nice again. It was nice that, you know, it's like because some of it did seem repetitive because it's like, hey, smell this one, taste this one. He goes, you know, you're gonna get a lot of like that dark fruit, red berries, or I, I'm sorry, it would be like, red berries were more like one flavor, like dark fruits were another, and then like you moved into like a, a tobacco leathery sort of type of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not bad. Hundred bucks a person might be a lot, but the wine that we were drinking was like fifty plus bucks a bottle, and it was probably like eight half pours. Yeah. So. That's not, not bad. A bad take. Not yeah. A bad take. Yeah. And like I said, so this is the thing though, like for some of the other events they have, like the, like the private, like VIP exclusive, whatever the fuck dinner was like 600 bucks a person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they're serving. I don't know how exclusive it is. I, again, I just like, hopefully it's more than cheese and almonds. Yeah. And then like, it, like there's, there's some like served plated 
dinners are like two, two fifty with certain themes and wines and all that crap. And I'm like, that's also a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm not opposed to trying something like that sometime. It would have, I would have to like actually look into it. It would have to right. be like the right thing. It's got it to be, it's got to make gotta sense. be something I'd be super interested in, or both of us would have to be super interested in. Cause right. You know, if I'm all about it and she's kind of like, eh, well, I'm like, well, then we're not doing this. Right. Doesn't matter right. how badly I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know if I'm that much of a food guy. I don't know that answer. Yeah. I mean, I would say we, for both of us, like we do like food and we like good food, yeah. but like, we're not snobby about it. Right. Like no, I so don't that, need to go and get my food made by like an executive chef. No. Like, so I don't know how I would handle that. I'll go to like the town tavern in North Attleboro that makes an absolutely out of this world prime rib with the horseradish mashed potatoes. Like that's good. Like yeah. I don't need executive chef Fernando Oliveira, like whatever. Like I don't need that. I don't need that. Yeah, and like like some of these Michelin star like things, they're they're just like so weird. Yeah. And then like, um, yeah, there's like so many examples of it too. Yeah. It's like oh well, this is a sea bass that was caught over here, and it's a very like. Yeah, if I'm gonna spend upwards like a very of difficult like thing two, like, three hundred dollars plus on a dinner, like I would rather do that at like the North End. Yeah, or, and even or then, like so, a, so like a Smith and Walensky or, or you know so, what I mean? Like something right. like that. Like I, I don't say, need we walked over because we did walk over to the North End after and we had dinner. It was good. Like yeah. Like I'm 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 not again, I'm not trying to be snobby, but I'm almost like I got like the Amachachana. I'm like I don't know, but might like mine more. <laughs> but like, it's it's another one of those things. Like, so we went uh, we went to Luca, the same place where Jones's thing was. Yeah, and I'm looking at the menu, and I'm actually almost curious. I'm like, I feel like they're trying too hard on the menu. So, like in a matcha which. Like it's something I've been making lately. I've, I've seen a bunch of videos on it. So the method of cooking this is guanciale or pancetta because it's hard to find guanciale into the pan. Let it render out. Take it out so you have the fat in there. Add tomatoes so you get the tomatoes kind of like mixed around. Like you get the whatever shit from the pan. Blah 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 blah. Cook your pasta. Pasta goes in. A little bit of pasta water. Mix your cheese in, take it off the plate, and then add your guanciale back in. So it's nothing crazy. It's very simple ingredients. It cooks fast. It's yep. not a sauce that cooks all day. And I feel like they tried to do – like because it was like a shrimp matrachana. I'm like, all right, well, that might be pretty good. And I'm like, well, they definitely didn't use pancetta or guanciale. They added kale to it, which was fine. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I'm, I almost felt – compelled to next now i we did her and i did no homework at all so we left 
the the wine tasting going well we need dinner because that small plate was <laughs> as advertised yeah yeah we saw the one seal at the aquarium that was around and then he <laughs> he immediately just kind of like oh, it's like oh fuck people here i'm gonna sink to the bottom yeah exactly and we walked over the north end we saw luca popped in any spots to the bar actually we have a high top for you cool we're in like we didn't give it much thinking much planning but i'm almost like I almost like want to find a place that just doesn't do anything remotely exotic or yep. like off the grid. Yeah. Just keep like, it simple. Like play the hits and do it good. Yep. Yep. I a hundred percent agree. And I think that's that. just, I think that's kind of where I am. Yeah. Now I do some weird stuff at home. Like, I'll make burn ends one day and I'll put them on a pizza the next, but I'm not really reinventing the wheel by doing that. I'm just making some odd combinations. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know if I would like, oh, well, this is like the caviar that, or it's like, oh, like we're going to do caviar bumps today. And it's like, okay. And <laughs> I'm going to add some foam to this. Yeah. Very yeah. exclusive sea bass that'll be fit, that'll be cooked perfect. And be like, okay, this is good. Have you ever had beef? <laughs> yeah, it's right. Peddling sea bass. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you on that one. I don't know. Maybe, and again, maybe one day there's something that uh, interests me, and maybe we pull the trigger. I don't know. Right. Or maybe they, maybe it's not a Boston Food and Wine Festival. Maybe there's something else similar that seems good enough. Right. Right. But. Uh, I did like the wine tasting, depending on like, you know, how you feel about some of that stuff. If you don't care, not a good value for you. <laughs> if you're mildly interested or if you want to, if you want to learn about the Spanish wines or the French wines, or I don't know if they do the Portuguese wines, the women or the couple at our table, older couple at our table, like retired, whatever. They went to Portugal, did like this whole port wine thing. Hmm. Cool. Like, yeah, yeah. Seemed good enough. And you didn't have to stand in the middle of a liquor store while you did it. True. <laughs> or have someone get too drunk and break a cane and bring a cooler. And but if you're looking that for that, if you're you looking for that, getting that yeah. you are not getting that at the Boston Harbor <laughs> Hotel. Because I drank, I drank all of my wine. Yeah. And made it fine. Yep. Made yep. the walk fine. Actually, Michaela might have had all her wine too. <laughs> I don't know. Mm, I'm not sure. I think she did. Yeah, that's one of those things where, like, I'm not going to go there and not finish my drinks, right? Like, I'm, if you're so going to give, funny thing if was, you're going to give this to me, I'm going to drink all of it. So it's like I actually do it. So I actually got an email, so it's all square. But like, I was like, "Hey, did you take the list of like what we drank?" She goes, "No, I forgot it." I go, "Fuck, I didn't get it either." So I'm like, now I have no idea what we had. Uh, they sent me an email with the whatevers. Yeah, I'm not buying this shit. Like, dude, one of the like one of the bottles is like eighty bucks. Yeah, fuck that. I'm like the cheapest bottle is like twenty six. I go, I'll pay twenty six, but yeah, that was one of the wines that it was good. I didn't like it that much. <laughs> um. Plus, it's like, it's one of those things, like, I have some bottles here. I'm like, I got a Barolo for, like, 
23 it was like six bucks off i go am i gonna really think that's dramatically different probably not right because ultimately it's still wine and i don't have eight in front of me (laughs) exactly and that's the that's i think that's the big thing with tastings like you can put $80 bottle $120 bottle $200 bottle $20 bottle i might be able to taste what you're telling me when i'm home and i don't have all those options sitting there just tastes like wine just tastes like wine. I'm also not decanting my shit for eight hours, so. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. With so that. I will say the one snobby thing he's like, he goes, listen, this is something that if you have a decanter, you want to throw it in there, let it like breathe for like, you know, better part of a day, like blah, blah, blah. And someone asked, they were like, how, like, so how long would you let a bottle sit? You know, so like one of the vintages is like a 2017. He goes, oh, I like about 10 years. I go, not a fucking chance. You're lucky if that bottle lasts fucking 10 days in this house. Yeah, exactly. So then the guy, the, the, the couple that was sitting with us, the guy goes, no, oh, that's how you end up buying three. One you drink right away, yep. one you drink halfway through, and then one you drink at the 10-year mark. Yeah. <laughs> I go, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I will need a legitimate wine seller if you're ever going to catch me doing that shit. Yeah. All right. Um, so my final thought is uh, relatively quick, straightforward. But um, Amy and I watched the Super Mario Brothers movie that ju- that it came out last year, but um, okay. it's now it's now on HBO Max. So we watched that uh, the other day, and when it first came out, it got a lot of flack. So Chris Pratt plays Mario. Um, right. and Charlie, even D- Italian? Charlie Day is Luigi. Is he even Italian? <laughs> no, neither one of them are. And it got a lot of flack because they didn't do the accents, right? Like Chris Pratt just talked normal, like through the movie as Mario. And it's like, I, I don't care, right? Like I didn't care that he didn't sound like Mario. Like it's a me, a Mario. Like, I don't need that. I don't need a whole movie of that. And I would probably make the argument that it would have been worse if it'd I had too, to. It, it'd be too yeah, goofy. It'd be too goofy if I had to listen to that voice for the whole thing. Um, I mean, I'm not going to give too much away and spoil it, but there's there are some there is a moment where they they do that thing. Right. And it's like it's a it's it's funny. Um, you know, they sneak in the original voice of of Mario, too, which is kind of cool. But overall, I actually really liked the movie, like, a lot. Like, I thought it was good. Um, what was the 10-second plot? The video game. Which uh, video game? The Super, Mario, the Super Mario Brothers. It's it's uh, Bowser is coming to steal Princess Peach to marry her, and they had to figure out a way to stop it and do the whole thing. Oh, but, so, okay, yeah. But there's, like... There's plot points from different things all through like Mario, right? Like at one point there's an Easter egg, right? Of like the old original Mario where there's like a, there's a spot and things are like pixelated, right? And it's, it's, it's funny. It's cool. It's like, you know, they, they do, they get into a race, right? With Donkey Kong and not, I mean, none of this is. Diddy Kong racing? It, Cause this is all in previews and stuff, but you know, there's some 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 things, right? Some things that come out from um, 
is Mario Kart in there? Uh, no. Damn. But there is some things that pop out from Mario Kart racing, right? Like there, it's like, oh no way, because when you see them jump in the carts, you're like, oh, that's really cool. Like that's the Mario Kart stuff, and then you're like, are they gonna do what I think they're gonna do? And they do, and it's it's pretty funny. Like there's the fight with Donkey Kong, like in the Donkey Kong world. Like it's it's really cool. It's like an homage to like all of the different Mario games over the years. I really liked it. Like it was a, I think it's an objectively good movie. And it's one of those, like I will 100% be watching it again at some point. I was going to say, is it a good movie regardless of nostalgia? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was pretty good. So, um, so I looked up as I usually do when I watch, um, when I watch movies like that, I'll look up the, after I finish the movie, right. I formed my opinion on it. I'll go look up like the reviews and the ratings and stuff. A lot of times it's just on Wikipedia cause it'll give you the critic score and then it'll give you the audience score. So in this movie in particular, um, I can pull it up to get exact numbers, but just, just ballparking it off the top of my head. This was a movie where like the critics scored it like a 32 but the audience scored it like an 85 yeah so you can google it too and it usually says like whatever percent of google users like this movie right um let me see i've got it right here yeah so um critics reviewed it an average of 5.8 out of 10 but the audience score gave it an average grade of an A <laughs> on an A plus to an F scale. So critics gave it a 5.8 out of 10 and the audience gave it an A. 94% positive. Yep. So I would actually, I would actually consider watching that. Yeah, it's a good movie. Like I said, I will definitely be watching it again. So um, it's on HBO Max. Check it out if you got it. Um, it's a good movie. So shout out to uh, to Super Mario over there um, and Chris Pratt <laughs> and Charlie Day. So and Jack Black is Bowser. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Like they they did a they did a really good job with it. Um, and I think they're going to make a bunch of sequels now because that's what people do and they milk it. And I'm sure the sequels will suck, but you know the first one is good. Um, so. That's uh, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, so thank you for watching. If you're on YouTube, again, don't forget to uh, click subscribe up above. Uh, hit the thumbs up down below. Uh, if you're an audio only listener, uh, subscribe over there as well. Uh, if you use Apple or Spotify, leave us a review and five stars. Um, you can get us on Instagram at Sarcasm Speaks Pod. Twitter is Sarcasm underscore Speaks. Facebook is Sarcasm Speaks. Website is SarcasmSpeaks.com. Uh, go to the merch store, buy some merch. And then also, if you check out all uh, the show notes below, whether you're YouTube or audio, uh, you can find links and uh, discount codes to all the sponsors of the show. Uh, so go check those guys out, support them, and they support us. So it's a roundabout way of you supporting us. Uh, so thank you. Uh, until next time, good night, everybody. Good night.